Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Faith Journeys. My name is Brad, and I am your host. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring different people's journeys of faith. I believe each and every one of us is on a journey of faith, regardless of religion or creed. And I believe faith goes deeper than just attending a religious worship, but that it guides and leads our lives to the best of times and through the worst of times. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can see that each of us has a journey to take and that along that journey, we are never alone. Well, I want to welcome our guest for that is joining us for today. Her name is Jay Rose Marie. Jay Rose Marie is a divorced mom of three adult sons. She enjoys mentoring solo moms as well as new podcasters because she has always wanted to help others change their mindset so they can find the answers to their questions. She considers herself a mindset maven who believed mindset, who believes mindset is everything. And things only happen when we have the courage to believe. She likes to travel solo, reads extensively, and journals consistently. So Jay Rosemarie, welcome to Faith Journeys. Thank you for having me, Brad. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where, where, did you, where have you come from? Where has your journey taken you? Um, where are you currently? Um, just to give our listeners a little bit of a more of a background of who Jay Rosemarie is. Oh boy. Um, so this is a long journey. Um, I was born in Jamaica. I grew up in England, Manchester, England, and, um, I've been in the U S for over 20 years, but I'm also a Canadian citizen. So I've lived in Canada as well. Wow. Um, I'm a, yeah, so I've traveled a bit. Um, I've lived in different countries a bit. Um, I became a Christian when I was 17. Um, the Lord pursued me. And um, after a while of fighting him, uh, I answered his call. And it's been a long, tumultuous journey. Um, but I, I do... Uh, I am a Christian. I believe in God. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. And I have faith that God is with me everywhere I am. Um, I have three sons, three adult sons and two granddaughters. Um, so yes, that, so I'm in Atlanta right now visiting my two granddaughters and um, that's where I am right now. I plan on traveling a little bit um, for the next little while. I am on early retirement and um, I'll see where God leads. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You said in your introduction, um, your bio, that you consider yourself a mindset maven. What does that mean? What do you mean by mindset maven? Well, I believe, because I believe in this scripture that says, as a man think it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that a lot of times we conjure up situations that's not really so. Mm-hmm. And it's all in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I raised my two youngest son from the time they were two and four. And a lot of times I just saw all the negative, you know, I anticipate all the bad things, you know, 
I was going to get kicked out of my apartment, you know, something was going to happen to my kids. You know, I, I, I visualize all the negative things that could happen, Mm -hmm. but I also found a place where I read, I read Joel Austin's book, Your Best Life Now. I listened to Tony Robbins CDs and just sought God in, in finding ways to eliminate this negativity that was going on in my mind, because the negativity brings stress. It brings physical stress. I wasn't right. sleeping. I had headaches. And I realized that it's my mind. The, the mm-hmm. problem a lot of the time was in my mind. It wasn't, you know, even though there was shortage of money and stuff, worrying about the money didn't change anything. Right. Right. Worrying about whether your kids were going to be sick or not didn't change anything. What changed my mind, what, what got me to sleep through the night was believing that, you know, God would take care of me. And there was no point in worrying because worrying, like I said, didn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. And that's why I say and agree that mindset is everything. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and as Christians too, we have, we have the, we have the perfect example of somebody who changed his mindset about yes. the circumstances in the apostle Paul, right? Yes. I mean, Paul got shipwrecked. He got almost stoned to death. He was beaten. Uh, and then, then he's in Rome, right? He's under house arrest. Yes. Um, and he, he writes in Philippians. I, I, this is one of my favorite verses. Um, and speaking of changing your mindset, um, he's just, uh, he's like, Hey, don't worry about me. Um, if things are okay and God has me exactly where God wants me right now. Mm-hmm. And you read that and you go, what, how, how is that? You know? Um, yes. But he, if you look at it, he's like, yeah, cause look, these guards, they have no choice. They have to listen to me. Right, <laughs> right? right. It's like, so that's a good thing. I can still spread the message. That's what I'm yes. going to do. And, um, and a lot of times we have to reframe our mindset to change our perspective. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And, 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 and to do that, what role, what role did faith play for you in that, in changing your mindset? Um, because for a lot of people, I think when they get into that rut, um, they can't, one, they can't change their mindset. Number two, faith just kind of goes out the window. It's like, well, God's not hearing me. So I guess, you know, um, God doesn't care. What were the things that got you through that in, in, terms of your faith through those difficult times so the the there was a there was a shift right something happened um it was it was around the time of the just prior to the financial crisis um I was a new real estate agent and all of a sudden the market crashed you know here I was with two Mm -hmm. young kids and trying to depend on a commission, um, for my, you know, for my livelihood. Right. And that happened. And I started to cry. I, you know, I I just literally cried, God, what am I going to do? And so I make this as quick as I can, but I, one day I was kneeling down. Um, well, first of all, 
I was trained as a secretary when I was young, but Mm -hmm. I never did anything about that. I just, I was an insurance agent for a long time. And it was like, something said to me, why don't you apply for a job as a secretary? You know, you, you have the training, you know how to do it. So I went, okay, whatever I did. I went online and I applied for a job in New York. I was living in Atlanta at the time because there was nothing in Atlanta. Right. And I, um, at least nothing I could find. So I applied for the job and about 15 minutes later, I got an email saying, Uh, Actually, I got a phone call saying, we saw your application and we'd like to interview you. This was Tuesday. Can you come in tomorrow? Mm. And I said, well, I can't come tomorrow, but how about Thursday? And I got off the phone. We agreed. I got off the phone and and I thought to myself, (laughs) "Mm." so I went on my knees and I said, God, I just agreed to go to New York to do an interview in two days. I had no money. I mean, literally nothing. Wow. And so now how much time do we have? Because this story, oh, I can we, shorten we it. Keep much. going. No, no, okay. no. Keep going. Keep going. All right. So I knelt down and I was praying to God and I, I was telling him, I said, I did this. I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I agreed. And before I got up off my knees, my phone rang and I went, pick up my phone and the person on the other end say, what's up? I didn't call anyone. And I said, and then, but it was a friend. So I told him what I did. And he said, here's a number, call this guy, tell him to give you a ticket. (laughs) You have no money. You just said, I'm going to go do an interview in New York. You're in Atlanta but you have no money to get to New York. And now you have this phone call from a friend who says, Hey, what's up? And here's the number of a guy. He'll get you a ticket. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. I called the guy and he said, when do you want to travel? I gave him all the details. And he said, this was when, you know, body passes was, you know, a thing. I don't know if there's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. but um, he said, just go to the counter and the airline counter and pick up your ticket and get on your flight. So I said, okay, I got off the phone and I was thanking God and said, all right, you know, so I'm processing this because this is how I do things. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but how am I gonna, I didn't have any clothes that was ready. Right. Uh-huh. I, had, I had a nice suit in the cleaners. It was there for like three months because I couldn't pick it up. It was $15. Right. And I, I pick up the phone. I called another friend. I said, look, I, I need some money. I need, I did this. I, I told him the story and he said, okay, come on over. I'll help you out. And I said, I can't come because I don't have any gas in my car. Mm. And he said, don't worry about it. I'll see you in a couple of hours. Came by, gave me $40. I put $20 gas in my car and went and pick up my my suit for $15. So I have my suit. I have my ticket. Now I have two children, two young children that needed supervision while I was going to this interview. 
I had a, an older son and I called him and asked him to, could you stay with my kid, with the, with your brothers? I got to go to New York for a job. He understood my situation and mm-hmm. he just said, yes, mom. Now the blessing in that is that my son and I were estranged because, you know, I had him in Canada and, um, I left him in Canada with his father and then he came and joined me. And then at 18, he had to go his separate ways. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. But he agreed. And that was, you know, so I had all my little ducks in a row now. <laughs> right. And I went to New York. I found a place to stay overnight. And I went to this interview. I went to two interviews actually. And I stayed with a cousin after the interview this was Friday now. I did the interviews on Thursday. Friday, I said to my cousin, I need to go back to my kids. And he said, just hang out till Monday. You know, why are you rushing home? Just see if you get a phone call. So Monday came, no phone call. Tuesday, I got a phone call. Uh, Hello, Miss Francis, we have a job, a three-day job for you. Um, Could you do it? I said, okay. (laughs) A three-day job. Yeah, a three-day job. I said, okay. And um, I would show up Thursday for that job. A few hours later, I got a call from the other place. Miss Francis, we have a three-week job for you. Can you do it? I said, well, I would love to, but I just agreed to do a three-day job. And um, I think I need to just stick to my commitment. And they said, okay, we appreciate that. But if that doesn't work out, give us a call. (laughs) So Thursday morning, I showed up at this job. And I'm going to tell you, I was a wreck. I was a wreck because I was going through a lot at the time. And I walked through this door and the person who asked for me to help her out was another single mom, another a divorced mom. And I worked the day. And um, then she said to me, you know, we like, you know, what you're doing. And could you come back next week? We, we have, we can extend it for another two weeks. Then I had to tell her the truth because nobody knew that I wasn't living in New York. Right. <clears throat> and I told her, I said, you know, I don't live here. I don't know if I could do another two weeks. And she said, well, why don't you go home, take care of your business, and I'll see you on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay. And it just seemed like, you know, I was on autopilot, like I was agreeing to things that if I thought about it, I wouldn't agree to because my analytical mind would say, that's so stupid. Why are you going to do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, I I called a couple of, I had an aunt in New Jersey and I told her that what I was doing and I asked her if I could stay with her. I was thinking that I was going to leave my sons in Atlanta. But while I was on the plane back to Atlanta on the Friday, the thought came to me, this is a move. I can't leave my kids in Atlanta. So I went, came home, came back to Atlanta and called my aunt and said, I need a place to stay, uh, but I'm going to bring my kids. She said, no, the kids can't stay here. Mm. I, I asked the same question to my cousin. He said mm-hmm. the same thing. So I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, 
Regardless, I called all my friends. I said, I'm moving. I had a three bedroom apartment. I said, come take whatever you can. Call all your friends. Let them come take what they need. And this Saturday, they all came, took everything, cleaned out my apartment. I separated what I wanted to keep for me and my two sons. And even Saturday, I didn't know where I was going to live going back to New York that Monday, you know, to work that Monday. Yeah. But I was in the mortgage and insurance business. I knew a lot of people. I was one of those people who worked by referrals. So I knew a lot of people. Right. And I called someone I knew as a mortgage broker who lived in Queens. And I said to him, you know, uh, I kind of gave him the gist of the story and said, I need a place to stay. I need a room just for a couple of days until I could sort myself out. And he said, I have a room in Queens. And I said, how much? And he said, don't worry about it. We'll talk about that later. This was Saturday evening, right? (laughs) Sunday morning, I pack up my children in, um, I had a Camry at the time and pack up what we could. And I drove to New York. It took me, (laughs) it took me till Monday morning at 3 a.m. That's what time I got to New York to the the apartment. Yeah. Thankfully, the apartment owner, he stayed on the phone with me so I could, you know, because I got lost several times. I mean, Uh we stayed in that that one room was disgusting, you know, but I we had a double bed. I luckily I traveled with sheets and blankets, spread them all on the bed. And me and my two boys slept in that one on that one double bed for three months because the job that that three-day job the second week the first week the manager so first the first week they they, the supervisor told me that they were going to extend me for another two weeks Mm -hmm. and by the third week the manager came and said to me you know we like what you've been doing and we want to talk to you about your future here I negotiated my pay, benefits, everything. And I had a job. From three days, I had a full-time job. And with benefits and everything. Um, (laughs) um, About 17 months later, I got laid off. I'm going to tell you the mindset. So I was talking to... A friend, I told him I got laid off and we, we went on into the conversation. I was laughing and he said to me, were you telling me the truth that you got laid off? And I said, why would I lie about something like that? And right. Said, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're so calm. I said, you know what? I adopted the principle that God brought me from Atlanta. You know, I was living in somebody's basement and I couldn't even afford the rent in the basement. And he brought me to this job. I was on Wall Street. My job was, was on, a Wall job Street on Wall Street in an international investment bank. I got laid off and I got severance and I got unemployment. I was off work for three months. I was never late with my rent. And three months later, somebody from the company emailed me and said, are you looking for a job? Because 
my friend in another department is looking for someone. Send them your resume. I did. I stayed with that company. I, the last time I worked for that company was July 2020. So a three-day job turns into... 11 and a half years. Well, actually, it was 13 and a half years because the first two, <laughs> the first two years was considered contract. Right, right. Yeah. But it's still with the same company. With the same company. Oh, three-day job, 13 and a half years later. Yes. It ends. Wow. Yeah. Wow. With yeah. a short little break in between when you got laid Yeah, off. three months. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And so... That's one, that's one of my most profound um, faith journeys because, you know, when I was packing up my kids moving to New York, I'm sure people thought, you know, what's she doing? You know, <laughs> she go, where's she go going with her kids for three days? Like, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. What, yeah. I, what was that? Was there something in you that told you that this was right? Or was this just, I don't have anything here there's nothing i'm just going to take this leap of faith and see where it goes what or was there something in you that said this was right it was none of it i mean i i i can't give myself any credit for you know positive thoughts or you know i just it was like like i said I, it was like i was on autopilot right it was right. cuz i was saying yes to things i wouldn't normally say yes to because, mm. you know, if you know me, my mind's always going. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there, there was another thing, too, that happened when I was when I was flying to New York um, to do the interview. I was going through my third divorce and my husband was abusive and he left a, a bullet on, you know, my dresser. I guess that was a warning, right? So I put the bullet in my wallet because I mm. wanted to take it to court. And I, <laughs> while I was going through JFK, um, I got stopped and they said, we need to re-examine. And oh, I kept no. going back, going back. Yeah. And then what he said, it, it looks like lipstick. So we're going to check. And while I was standing waiting for him to figure out what it was, it dawned on me what it was. Uh-huh. And my stomach went down and it was like the enemy was saying, look, you're going to go to jail. You're going to be on the six o'clock news. And this was 2006, 2007, early 2007. So after 9-11, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm standing there. I almost peed myself. I'm not lying. <laughs> I would have too. <laughs> <laughs> But then it was like the Holy Spirit said, do you think I'm going to put you through all that, all those changes, all that, and then come and embarrass you like this? Mm-hmm. And that brought me so much peace. So the guy came up and he had the bullet between his finger and he goes, explain. So I told him what it was about. I had pictures on my phone and he said, but, you know, I have to report this to my supervisor. He went to the supervisor. The supervisor did the same thing. You got to tell me what this is. And I did. I explained it. And he said, you know, I'm not going to write this up because if I write this up, it won't be good for you. Mm-hmm. But I also can't give you back this. So have a nice trip. Wow. So all of that told me that this was God. 
And I had to do whatever it was that I was told to do, accept the job. The other thing that a lot of people don't understand about working in a job is that I didn't feel I was working for that bank or that person. I felt I was working for God. Mm-hmm. I was employed by God. That's why I wasn't upset when I was laid off. Because I'm like, if you bring me 900 miles to get a three-day job, you kept me for all these months, and now I'm laid off, you must have something else. Now, my faith isn't always that strong. But in this situation, it had to be. I had no choice at this point because you proved yourself. You know, he proved himself, you know, to me. Um, giving me a place to live when I didn't think I'd have a place. It wasn't ideal, but it put a roof over our head. It kept my kids safe while I was two hours away at work in a strange city. And so, you know, that, that's just, that's all I could say. And, and, you know, that goes to, I always tell my congregation um, uh, from the front of the room, a lot of times I say, you know, look, you know, what would happen if all of us look at our employment, our jobs as an actual call, you know, like this is our calling. Yeah. Um, I think it would change the mindset of how we approach it, how we look at it, how we even do um, our quote unquote jobs. If we would just look at them as a calling. And I think that's what you're saying here in terms of how you approached this job that this wasn't a job for you that this was a call yeah it called you to this place got it called you to this work and then that's how you um approached um, your work with this company yes is it safe to say that yes very safe and and that's why around 2008 i felt the prod in to leave right Mm -hmm. now i was I was making good money. I mean, I was making more money than a lot of MBAs. Mm-hmm. I worked, I worked with PhDs, you know, economists, analysts. I was doing very well. But God kept saying, you gotta go. And I'm thinking to myself, every time I get to a place where it seems like, you know, things are just wonderful and amazing, you know, he you gotta go. It's time to go. And sometimes I'd be sitting at work and I'd have a tap on my shoulder what are you doing here? And I look around and there's nobody there. And so (laughs) I, this started 2018, 2019, 2020, Uh, 2019, I met a woman at the subway, little short lady like this. And she talked my ears off, annoyed me for a little bit. And then I said, you know what, let me listen to this woman. And the only thing I remember I took away from the conversation, she said, the worst thing you could do in life is to not use the gift that God gave you. And I realized then that through, there was a lot of other things that happened, but I realized then that I had to quit. I had to leave my job. And one day I was sitting on my sofa thinking about it because the pressure was on, you know, the pressure was on. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, but you gave me this job. So why are you taking it away? And he said, exactly. I gave you this job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in that respect, it was, quote unquote, easy 
to leave. So I told my boss and he said he's, he, he sort of expected it, um, though they didn't want me to go. And but we worked out some things and I end up leaving. And but but, uh, you know, so he gave it to me and then he took it away. And right now I'm in the process of figuring out, well, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you have to think that if God did that before, that, you know, this part of your journey, there has to be something, right? Mm -hmm. That God Mm -hmm. has to have something. And I think, you know, in our journeys of faith, we, we get too bogged down with what we think the journey should look like mm-hmm. uh, and what we believe is best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, since when have we known what's best for us? Right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and do we know really better than the God who created us? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it is, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to um, put aside our will for God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you have that struggle um, along have, the way? I have that struggle every day, really. Right. Um, you know, I'm in Atlanta now and my goal was to be somewhere in some Latin American country by now, but it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. And I end up spending some more time with my son and his family. And, you know, I thought to myself, because I, I got frustrated and, you know, like, you know, why? I got all my plans. Why? But then I'm reminded that, you know, just take it easy. There mm. may be something to learn from here. Yeah. And so that happens to me all the time, even through the blessings. And when I had that job, there was a guy on the job who took it upon himself as a second job to harass me. Hmm. and there are several times I got up to walk out mm-hmm. and someone else you know another mother or woman would come and say don't let them take your job away from you you know and and so it happens all the time and it was I was in church one day and pastor said because I wouldn't I couldn't sleep I was fretting how am I going to take care of my kids because this man is harassing me and I can't do this job anymore and I was sitting in church one day and pastor said, you know, you're having trouble. Now, I, this pastor doesn't even know me because I was going to a really big church and, you know, you know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, you have this manager on your job and you can't sleep because you're having a hard time with him. I want you to call his name and pray, pray for him. And I was ready for that. So I did. And you know, <laughs> you know, that actually defanged the guy, you know, and I learned that lesson that pray, when somebody is messing with you, mm-hmm. call their name to God, pray for them. And not in anger, you know, not in, because I've found out that if I pray about someone in anger, bad things happen to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen that happen. Yeah. So so we have to learn when we pray for enemies to do it lovingly as hard as 
As hard as it is, yeah. <laughs> as hard as that is. Uh-huh. So I'm sorry I talk a bit much because, you know, no. um, this is kind of stuff that I'm passionate about and I, I appreciate you letting me talk about it. No, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, um, in the, for our listeners in the beginning, you know, I said that all of us are on a journey of faith and along the way there are people, right? And that we're never alone on that journey. And I think this is a story that really shows um, that we aren't alone on that journey. I mean, the people that were placed in your path, right, um, along the way to help make this work, this journey from Atlanta to New York work um, is just fascinating. Um, and it shows us that there are people along our journey and along our path that God places in our lives and it's not by mistake, right? Mm -hmm. And they are a part of our faith journey, whether we realize it or not. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, It's an absolutely remarkable story. And um, uh, it's just an honor to to be able to hear it uh, from you. So um, here on Faith Journeys, we always end our podcast with what I call the final four, Um, just four random questions um, and I tell people the only uh, catch is it has to be one word or one sentence answers. Okay. 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 So um, are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um, what is your favorite book that you have recently read? Who Moved My Cheese? It's a great one. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, what makes a conversation great? When both, both people, well, when all, all involved understand each other's point of view. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, let's see. If I were famous, I would want to be known for blank. Inspiring solo moms to do better for themselves. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I love that. Um, Oh, here's a good one. Um, What gets in the way of us understanding God? Fear. Oh, Absolutely. Fear. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, Jay Rosemary, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith Journeys. What an amazing journey you have had. And thank you for sharing it with our listening audience. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that's all for this episode, my friends. Uh, Take care out there and may God richly bless you on your faith journey. And may you realize that you are never alone as well. We'll see you the next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.